the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I are always uh, just delighted to bring you the news of the day, but with that silver lining that we promise you every week. And as usual, it's so difficult to even narrow down what we want to talk about given that there's so much going on and it's also hard to find great guests, but we have a great one for the first half of the show. Larry, who do we have on the line? James Roguski is a researcher, author, natural health proponent, and activist who believes that the old systems are rightfully crumbling, so we must build their replacements quickly. James has uncovered documents regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulations and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose the World Health Organization's hidden agenda behind their proposed pandemic treaty, as well as as WHO's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations. Welcome to the program, James. So good to have you here. Well, thank you very much for having me. James, I love that pandemic treaty language. That normally is not the kind of treaty that we uh, expect ourselves to be talking about. But, you know, I'm sure this isn't the first time anybody's asked you this, but as a researcher, how did you become so interested to begin with in the World Health Organization or the WHO, as we like to call it? Uh, it, It's one of those things that, I mean, I'm glad that you've done the work that you have. What first intrigued you about what this organization was up to? Well, um, you know, the actual truth is in January of 2022, I was working in my garden and I stopped and I did something that I've done a number of times in my life. And I just said, God, I volunteer to do whatever it is you want me to do. Um, Just let me know what it is and I'll do it. Now, sometimes it hits you like a bolt of lightning and you get an idea and you're off to the races. This one had about a two month delayed time where I was dragged out of bed one morning at about four in the morning and compelled to just go search on the internet. You know, not that that was unusual, but usually not at four in the morning. And I discovered a document that the Biden administration had proposed to change the international health regulations. So I had done enough research in that two month period to understand what I was reading. And that's when it hit me like a, just a shiver down my spine. Oh, this looks like an assignment. And so I just shed light on what they were attempting to do. And they were trying, amongst many other things, 
to shorten the time period that changes to international law would come into effect. The current rule is it takes two years for that to happen. That's, you know, that's enough time to consider these changes. The Biden administration wanted to shorten it down to six months, knowing that next May, May of 2024, at the end of the month, there'll be another meeting of the World Health Assembly and six months after that would still be within the Biden's administration. Two years would mean if there's a new president in 2025, they could reject it. And so by trying to shorten the time period dramatically from 24 months down to six months, they were trying to gain control over this process so that you know, they would be able to ram through all of these changes without adequate time to consider what they're doing. Well, James, there are actually, I believe, three separate documents that are often confused with each other. Can you explain the difference between the proposed pandemic agreement or treaty and the two different packages of amendments to the international health regulations? Absolutely. And so, the attempt by Biden to do what I just said, shorten it down to six months, was completely rejected. They, weren't, they didn't even consider that original submission, and it had a number of other things as well. But then what they did is they broke their own rule, and in the middle of the assembly, they submitted a new set of amendments, which were adopted on May 27, 2022. It didn't shorten it to um, six months, it shortened it to 12. And so that was adopted, but there's 18 months for every nation on the planet to reject that small collection of amendments to shorten the time frame by cutting it in half from 24 to 12 months. The deadline, 18 months after that was done, is coming up very quickly, December 1st. So that is a very small package of amendments that every nation can still reject, and they have to do so by December 1st. Parallel you know, James, to that, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, before we move on from that, that is something I'm not sure that the average American understands the impact of. You know, we hear a lot of the language about treaties and amendments, and but what impact, as a practical matter, will this have on you know, uh, every single one of us individually. Uh, It would be good to sort of ground this in why it's so important and no doubt why God put it on your heart. Well, it's a very subtle but important thing. And a lot of times people get the terminology mixed up. There's been a lot of discussion about the loss of sovereignty But what really happened, you know, if you can remember, if you were old enough, I don't know how old you folks are, back in July of 1969, when the moonshot, the moon landing was happening in July of 1969, that's when they first adopted, they first adopted the international health regulations on July 25th, 1969. They went into legally binding effect on the first day of 1971, 50 some years ago. What happened at that point in time was they set up a structure where they didn't ask the Senate 
to vote on it or give their advice and consent. The people obviously didn't have anything to say. They set up a structure where if these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats meet in Geneva and decide to change international law, our leader can reject it. Our head of state can reject it. But the people and Congress have no say in the matter at all. Now, that's really in violation of our Constitution. I think the entire international health regulations should be declared void from a constitutional standpoint because the Senate never weighed in on it. And then they made a a large number of amendments in 2005, and pretty much the same thing happened. The Senate did not give their advice and consent. Unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats along with the president who appoints our delegate, are just ruling the world of health without any form of representative democracy. The people have been cut out of the picture. We haven't lost our sovereignty because the head of state can still have an impact, but the representative democracy that our Congress is supposed to provide, they've been completely cut out of the picture. And that is, you know, that, what could be what could be more important than destroying the power of one branch of government? Exactly. In fact, I'm looking at the provision of the treaty-making power, which is in the U.S. Constitution, Article Two, Section Two, where it says the president has the power by the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provided two-thirds of the senators present concur. But it sounds like they're bypassing that requirement totally. Well, you want to remember who was president back in 1969. Richard Nixon. Uh, Richard Nixon, okay. <laughs> Thank you, James. You know, you know when, we're, when we're talking about this, and I know a lot of people are probably thinking, like, where can they go for more information? But what is the best way to stay informed on this topic? Maybe some of your personal information, the way you're sort of putting it out. What, how can people really follow what they need to follow to, to remain informed? This is such important information. Well, the hardest part is to be able to spell my name, okay? So if you go to jamesrogusky.substack.com, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-G-U-S-K-I.substack.com, or give me a phone call, and I'm very serious about this. I've been working on this for two years, and I, every interview I give people my phone number. If you have questions about this, give me a phone call at 310 3055. Go to Um, It's overly complicated, but on, on a very simplistic level, what makes them think that they have the authority to change international law without the people having an opportunity to give their comments and be represented in that process through, through Congress and the Senate? It's, it's, clearly a violation of everything that our nation's founded on. Right, James, we are running a little short on time. What is the best thing that people can do, people listening to this broadcast? What would you recommend? Spread the word. You know, spread the word. If you have a link to the recording of this broadcast, or if you go on my Substack and you find some of that information to be valuable, nobody can do anything if they are unaware of a situation. And so step number one is to become aware of what's going on and then spread that awareness. And yeah, thank you, know, you so much for joining us. 
No, well, thank I, you I so much for joining leave, us. That is excellent information. I want to leave everybody with hope because their negotiations are really not going as well as they might like. So get in Amen to that. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We are going to be back in a flash just after this break. Don't go anywhere. We will talk to you in just the other side. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Creating an estate plan for you and your family is a critically important matter you do not want to leave to chance. The Law Office of Larry Dersham has been designing custom estate plans and trusts for San Diegans for over 25 years and would be honored to assist you with all of your estate planning needs. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back. To today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and we are delighted to welcome you back to the show. We have a great guest for the second half of the show. Larry, who do we have on the line? Yes, Wendy. Daniel Jump is a British author and political commentator based in Essex, England. He is from a working class family and has a long standing interest in U.S. politics, developed during his master's and PhD studies at the University of Essex. He is a conservative patriot and is a regular contributor to Country Squire magazine and has also been published by the U.S. Spectator, Spiked, and, and as well as other numerous other publications. He formerly co-hosted his own popular politics show on Expat Radio. His previous book is called The Gift for Treason, The Cultural Marxist Assault on Western Civilization, that was published in 2019, but he has just come out with a brand new book. And get the title of this, Gates of Hell, Why Bill Gates is the Most Dangerous Man in the World, that we'll be discussing tonight. Thank you for joining the program, Daniel. So good to have you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Daniel, I'm sure you get lots of questions about not only the title of your book, but the content. It's one of those books that no doubt people want to know, what is he going to say So I guess I'll start there. What is your background and experiences that um, inspired you to write this book? Um, Well, my background is probably as far away from Bill Gates' background as you could get, because, you know, he came from a very privileged family in Seattle, and I'm from a very working-class family. You know, both my parents died worrying about money. So um, I'm, I'm from a kind of ordinary blue collar sort of background very different to that of bill gates because um you know bill gates had behind him a a million dollar trust fund that would uh, be a safety net if um his early efforts with microsoft went wrong so um my background is very different to that indeed yeah one of the things that uh, really interests us in the um, power and influence part of it i love the way you kind of cued this up by saying um you know you're probably the farthest thing away 
I have a feeling that most of us would say the exact thing as well. And, you know, as we learn more about these famous people, I also understand that you have some opinions on his potential connection with Jeffrey Epstein. Is that true? Yeah, um, I didn't want to avoid anything controversial. So uh, I've only been there that I can confirm. And I, I didn't find any fresh revelations about uh, connections with Epstein. But um, one interesting thing is that the story that Bill Gates gives his connections with Epstein really doesn't, you know, stand the test of credibility, because he says that uh, the gives is that they uh, have uh, charitable projects. Well, no charitable projects ever emerged from, from these two uh, being mm. friends, and they were friends for a long period of time. And, and the friendship started um, after the point at which it was known that Epstein was a convicted sex offender. So, um, and, and during the friendship, um, Bill Gates's wife um, uh, at the time, Melinda Gates, um, she reports that she took a instant delight, dislike effectively to Epstein and that, that she sort of cottoned on that there was something um, uh, creepy and sinister about this figure. Um, oh. Well, Bill, Bill Gates maintained the friendship despite that, which is a very odd thing when you consider that, you know, his, his wife is his, uh, probably one of his longest lasting and closest human contacts that this man's ever had. And yeah. um, he, he ignored her misgivings, her warnings, and he carried on with the friendship. And as I say, um, there was no joint charitable venture that ever emerged from these supposedly charitable only discussions between uh, Epstein and Gates, um, you know, well, and, the, and the friendship continued. One of the most unusual things about this conversation is when you talk about really famous people getting together, being friends, it's not that either of them needs each other to be famous. I mean, Bill Gates was already famous. So you, if you kind of, you know, factor in this, uh, lack of charitable outcome, which presumably motivated part of this friendship. Is it just true that famous people like hanging around with each other, or is there more kind of a of a conspiracy theory here? I know that sometimes um, we we like to toss that word around almost recklessly, but is that is there a theme to these kinds of friendships, particularly the ones in which you're writing about? Well, I, I don't think it needs to be a conspiracy to recognise, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory to recognise that these people are very different to ordinary people on the street and have very That's different lives sure. and, you know, and very different things that they care about. Now, you know, I'm not going to sort of say uh, that there's any evidence that, that Bill Gates is a is a pervert. Uh, you know, it's perfectly possible to have been... Uh, befriended by someone who is without being one yourself, I suppose. That's true. Especially if you're a figure of, of the influence of Gates. But, um, it, you know, it is interesting that, that, that these uh, connections exist and I think it's fair to question them and, and to wonder why um, nobody's dug significantly deeper on it, really, as well. Uh, and that might be partially through uh, Gates' influence on the media itself. Daniel, on the first part of this program, we were talking about the World Health Organization. And I think it's really interesting to know, and I just checked this out uh, yesterday at the World Health Organization website, that the uh, number two contributor 
of all contributors in the world, including countries, is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And I know that now that they're trying wow. to uh, give the, the head of WHO, or the World Health Organization, the power to actually declare a pandemic emergency that would actually, at least in the area of healthcare, remove the sovereignty of nations, and we would have to listen and obey what the WHO said. So is that is, is that what makes him dangerous, or is that just one of the things that would make him a dangerous person? Well, that's, that's um, you know, the, the astonishing thing is that's worrying enough. Because as you say, it circumvents national sovereignty and it circumvents democracy as well. Because, you know, nobody is getting a, a referendum on, on these kind of decisions. Nobody's really uh, being presented with these decisions in a manifesto. Um, you know, politicians aren't honestly saying what they're planning to do. So, um, you know, they there are multiple countries that are looking to sign up to give the, the World Health Organization ultimate authority over any future pandemic. And that would include imposing lockdowns, imposing um, mandatory vaccination, you know, all the things we saw that were uh, radical and novel things uh, under COVID, and which were also things which objectively now seem to have had uh, very negative consequences. You know, the, the economic hit of COVID policies was enormous in the UK, for example, it was the worst economic damage that had been inflicted for 350 years. And the British Chancellor, who's now the British Prime Minister, admitted that. Similarly, in America, it derailed the, the you know, the Trump economy that had been doing very well. Um, so, uh, the, you know, and, and it's affected millions of lives. You know, half the population of the planet was injected with what's effectively an experiment. Um, you know, a rushed vaccine using novel techniques, which is labelled, which was labelled as a, a vaccine, but they then had to change the definition of, of what a vaccine is in order to accommodate this experiment. Um, and, uh, you know, the World Health Organization was central to that. But a lot of people don't realise that Bill Gates supplies between 11 and 13 percent of the World Health Organization's funding. So, as you say, he's the second biggest contributor uh, he's got more influence over it than nation states. And it's all pushing radical policies that the World Health Organization put forward, many of which impinged on the basic liberties of ordinary people all around the globe uh, and the health, you know, because uh, you put that medical experiment into people's arms and you haven't done thorough testing, you haven't done long term testing. Well, that's a radical risk that was taken and it was taken on our behalf without our consent largely. Um, you know and and so all of that is influenced by gays. You know what's interesting about all of this, James, is, you know, that is now three years ago. And we think through what's happened between then and now and the reality that they have such a low compliance rate with people getting their boosters because they very simply say they don't work. Yet there's been yes. so much more that we've learned uh, as far as the risks um, to the story. And, you know, I just want to make sure we're almost at the end of the yeah, show, but a, I was going to ask, where can people sorry, buy, uh, your, that's okay. Where can people buy your new book? We're almost at the end of the show, but I want to make sure that it's available where all books are sold. Is that right? Yeah, well, it, it's, uh, thank you. It's on Amazon. Um, so it's uh, Gates of Hell. Uh, my name's Daniel Jupp. Uh, it's on Amazon and you can purchase it now. It's also, if you, if you object to, uh, uh, which I understand funding, uh, another uh, all-powerful billionaire, um, then your b local bookseller should be able to supply it if you give my name. 
um, and, you know, the title of the book. So um, it's available there, and it's also available from my publisher's Post Hill Press. Are you planning to do any book tours and signing tours in the United States at this point? Um, we don't have any, no, uh, it's a very small publisher, so we don't have any um, uh, planned as yet. Um, I'd love to do some, but um, it, it needs to be sort of significantly uh, more out there and more successful at the moment uh, for me to be able to do that. But, you know, that's something oh, I'd love to do if, if the opportunity arrives. Oh. Well, you certainly do have a catchy title that uh, Gates of Hell, why big, why big Bill Gates is the most dangerous man in the world. Very catchy title. Listen, we want to thank you for joining us. We know your time is valuable and it was a pleasure to spend some of it with you. To yeah, our you. listeners, you are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Thank you so much for all of your uh, support and for joining us. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 